Kim, welcome to the Living in Sync podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here today. I'm so excited to be here and honored. Thank you for inviting me here to be your guest. When we first connected and I was like checking out all of your stuff, I'm like, who is this goddess? Like, I'm so excited to sit down and have this conversation. And I want to just have you give everybody a background of like how you got to this space and place of creating something that provides cyclical support to women. And we'll get into like why tea was your route and your avenue, but like what was kind of the the genesis and then into now where cyclical hormone support Kate like clicked for you yeah so um I love telling this story so I a lot what a lot of people don't know about me is I have 14 years in western medicine as an occupational you therapist you do wow. yeah so that's where I started and like my undergrad is in phys ed and sports performance and sports rehab so I've always been in like the health and wellness world and then in 2017, um, I'm also a yoga therapist as well. I studied in LA for that. So 2017, I did my first bikini competition and mm -hmm. being a little bit naive and ignorance on my part, I just trusted my coach. I was like, here's my plan and this is what I'm going to do, right? And I ended up losing my period for eight months. And I it first stopped two months before the show. And something I know about myself, when I travel overseas, my cycle's always about two to three weeks late. Mm. And so I was like, ah, once the show's done, I'll be fine. My period didn't come back. So coincidentally, like about two months after my show, I just had my regular annual checkup with my gyno. And the only thing she had to offer me was birth control. And I was like, there's no way I'm taking birth control. And my uterine lining at the time, they did an ultrasound on me. My uterine lining was as thin as a menopausal woman. I was 31 at the time. Really? So being a yoga therapist and, you know, already having quite a bit of information on like, you know, health and wellness, I was like, okay, I get to heal myself. One thing I will say, I did go see an acupuncturist and um, did quite a bit of herbal supplementation, which does combine into the teas and why I believe in herbs so much. Uh, so needless to say, it took eight months and uh, I healed myself. But I really wanted to compete again. But I also didn't want to fuck my hormones up again. <laughs> so I that's when I really dove into like the cyclical living. So I ended up competing four more times and I didn't lose my period. And the big thing, and this is what I always say, you could be a CEO, you could be a mom, you could be a partner, a caregiver, a cool friend, whatever you want to be. If you connect with your cycle, you could be a badass in all areas of your life. And just like us women are cyclical, just like nature's cyclical, we don't have to focus on everything at once. So when I competed again, I didn't teach yoga during my prep. Every Friday when I finished the gym, I went for a massage. I was very picky with who I was hanging out with and like where, where I was like spending my energy. And I changed my diet. This is a big thing I'm going to stress. And I always talk about women, we need fats. I think that low fat diet thing has kind of like cooled off, but we need healthy fats. Like I'm five foot nothing, so I'm not very tall, but I need a minimum of 50 grams of fat a day, 50 to 75. I always say, depending on like how active you are, how tall you are, you know, those are some factors, but we need the fats. And so that was like a big thing. I kind of shifted my diet during prep. 
and I competed again. So um, that's like where my journey really started. And then I just, it started to snowball. Uh, you know, this is like a whole other story too. I do come from a history of sexual assault. I talk very openly about it. You'll see it on my Instagram and other podcasts everywhere. Um, but it all comes together with the womb healing. So I'm also trained in Tao and tantric healing arts for women, which involves somatic work, movement work to get the emotions out. So yeah, you lost your period, but what is the underlying emotion behind it? Why did you have that eating disorder? Not that I had an eating disorder, but some women do, right? Why do you overexercise? Like there, there's that emotional side yeah. to, to things always. So I now fully encompass all, all, all areas. That's amazing. And I've got so much con like connective tissue with you already in the sense and essence of that bikini competing world. And the ladies on here, we've talked about the, on the podcast a lot where that seems to be elevated as like the epitome of like the fittest person. But really, a lot of those ladies aren't doing they're doing harmful things just to get incredibly lean like that and so another aspect and element of the connective tissue that we have and one of the posts that i saw of yours that was like one of the best things you did for your sex life sex drive mm -hmm. was healing your sexual trauma and in 2020 i started to go to therapy for you know obviously one thing but then it unlocked another thing and thankfully this therapist had the keys of or the tools of emdr and rrt and work like absolutely working through that type of trauma really does unlock an essence that was staying inside of a box that was so if any of you we're not going to talk about that today but i just wanted the listeners to know that if this is something that they've kept locked inside that really i don't talk about my story with it i'm not ready yet but if they are looking for somebody to look to you've got stuff on your page about that. And so I just kind of wanted to give that connective caveat. And this rolls into us talking about the teas because with being in the health and fitness industry, and especially when the podcast was growing, I was getting reached out by a lot of supplementation companies to either try or to get products or provide discount codes or whatever. And there's been a very limited amount that I've been like, oh, this really feels right. But when it comes to the product that you have made with the teas and supplementation, it feels so pure. You know, mm, and I'm sure you know, you. yes. And that's like a huge, huge compliment to you because it's like, I even was thinking about this. I've got my luteal tea, like literally right next to me, you guys. And I was thinking about this. I have my I, follicular one right here. Wait, they're getting two different, they're getting two different types of energies right now, which is great. And um, I was thinking about this as I was making the tea is you know, I, I see the powdered supplements that are in pill form and even the ones that are made to be made into like other types of drinks that are, you know, meant to add to flavor up water and da, 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 da. And then I'm making your tea and it just felt so grounding and mm. pure. And to me, that feels immensely more supportive than like, because if you look at it, like there's a difference between 
your product, the teas. And then if I'm looking at the other supplements that are in the array of stuff that I have, I'm like, there's just a pureness of it. So will you talk to everybody about the creation of your teas? And I, I, we don't have to necessarily get so specific as to the ingredients. Cause even I was looking at each one in the ingredients and with what I've researched about what is supportive for each phase. I'm like, this just puts so much on autopilot for ladies. And I think the <laughs> ladies that listen to the living in sync, they're just really like, they want to understand the why and the story and the heart behind it, but they don't, they're like, they, they trust me. I trust you. And so, um, tell us about these beautiful teas. And I've tried two so far. I've got to tell you guys, I told you in text message, I was going to tell you about this, but I just kind of autopilot made ovulation when I was, when I had received it and I was really, really excited. And I got through this ovulation phase and I was like, I didn't get my ovulation pain and bloating. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I had two a day during ovulation just because it's, I live in Minnesota, the weather's cold here. So having a nice like hot tea just to sip on helps obviously with more fluid intake and whatnot. But I was just, I went through it and I was like, my ovulation pain was something I actually, I just talked to my doctor about and it's just kind of like, okay, well just, you know, lay down, apply a heat pad, da, 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 which I still did my heat pad, but I added in the teas. And then with luteal phase, it's just so grounding for me mm -hmm. to have it next to me while I'm working or that like earthiness. So well, there's those, a lot of root in it, right? Yeah. There's so those are the two that I have tried and you guys listening, like I have just felt so grounded and supported while sipping on these. So I want you, Kim, to tell us more about them. Yeah. So um, how it kind of came to be like, I do talk a lot about like cyclical living. I do even have a journal it's called the womb wisdom journal. And that was created because I kept hearing so many women saying, I'm so disconnected from my womb. Like I say womb to people and they're just like, what are you talking about? Right? Like I'm speaking a foreign language. And so I created this journal and the journal was to take women on a three month journey to really connect with the different energies as they move through our, um, through their cycle, right? Because our cycle is just not our period. It's the whole month and it shifts. And I'll just, you know, speak into to really quickly, you know, during our period, our hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone are all at their lowest follicular phase is our inner spring like summertime are moving, sorry, moving into spring. So that energy is like rising. And that's why the packaging of my tea is yellow for mm, springtime. I love it. I love it. And uh, so the estrogen's rising and that's probably when you start to feel like you have more energy, a little more creativity, a little more patience with the kids. You're wanting to try new things, right? And then we go into ovulation. Most women know what ovulation is because we're most fertile during that time. It is a shorter window. That's our inner summer. That's when our energy peaks. That's when you want to have those killer workouts. If you have to do longer work hours, that's when you do the longer work hours. We're most in our masculine in energy in that time, but that's not a negative thing. Like that's when we could articulate like what we're thinking more clearly instead of being in our emotional, we're like in our logical energy during that time. That's our inner summer. That's why it's pink, the mm. packaging. Yeah, yeah. And I'll yeah. talk more to like the, you know, the energies with it too. And then luteal phase, yes, 
most women, you know, don't even refer to luteal phase. Just think of like, I'm PMSing, yeah, <laughs> right? No, no and- my ladies, they know, they know luteal phase. Like we've done awesome. lots of awesome. episodes for luteal phase support. That's good. That's so good to hear. But I, I've had women be like, I don't even know what, where am I? You know? Yeah. So, you know, this is the first half we still kind of have like our high energy, right? And then it starts to like dip down as we get close to our period. So that progesterone is going to peak if we, you know, we don't conceive. And then as we get closer to our menstrual uh, phase again, it's going to all drop. So yeah, I really wanted women to connect with this different energy through the journal. And then as I was finishing my Tao and Tantra healing arts here in September, I did, I was on a retreat that was part of the completion of the certification. And we did a combo ceremony. Combo is the frog poison. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a very big detox, right? Physically, but also could be spiritually. And when I go into these ceremonies, I always get some significant download. And I came out and I was, I remember just like, Falking in the forest. And I was like, I get to change my business name. It was Amala Living before, which was pure living. And that was more associated to my yoga years. And I got sacred womb cycles because not only are we cyclical with our menstrual cycle, but we're also cyclical in life. Mm, oh, right. That, that's a big life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> right. So first that comes up and then I'm just like sitting there and then I'm like, I get to create these teas. And so this is September, 2023. And when I get downloads, I take action really quick. Like I launched this for my birthday two weeks ago. Oh (laughs) my gosh, you guys in product creation, that's fast. That's fast. I wanted to do Christmas. And I remember as I was preparing for this, I was like, I was crazy to think Christmas because I was like, this is a perfect gift. Um, So I'm not a certified herbalist. I'm, you know, not going to take ownership for that. But my mentor, who I learned the Tao and Tantra healing arts from, her sister is. So I knew that was like a safe and reliable person to collaborate with. So yeah, we sat down in consultation and she helped me create these blends. And I already had some knowledge about the herbs, but she wanted to make sure like certain herbs, um, they infuse into warmer water better. So she helped me create these, but I'll admit like, for the luteal phase one, she wanted me to put, or she suggested cramp bark. I don't know if you ever tried cramp bark. It is so bitter. Mm. And I remember I kept tasting and tasting. I'm like something, I can't drink this. (laughs) How could I sell this? So I pinpointed exactly to what it was and I pulled that out. So I wanted to really make sure that, you know, the women drinking this are getting the health benefits of the tea, but also that it tastes good and why the teas, like you were saying the pad, the powders and stuff, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes powders, I'm like, they're chalky. They're not mixing well. How many of you already drink tea and tea's just like such a simple and soothing. And you use the word grounding, grounding routine that you could bring into your life every day. Mm-hmm. I think like just thinking about, I think it's a huge like Midwest culture where I don't think tea is a big thing around here. Like I remember when I even started drinking like sweet cinnamon spice tea, I had to add like a little bit of um, coconut milk or almond milk to add it and make it kind of like a coffee. And drinking tea has been something where I think at more as an adult, it's something where I can sip and savor and have it feel grounding for me. But I really don't think it's culturally been, but what I'm wanting to say to these ladies is 
when I'm sipping this and when I am drinking it, and sometimes, you know, if I've let it get too cool, I do sometimes just down it really quickly because I know what's in it is so important internally that I feel it's like I'm not needing it to be my Starbucks boost or like my over the top flavored water. And that's where I think it still is getting Mm -hmm. a trap into the supplement industry when we're still we're still masking these good ingredients with like over palatable flavors where this is just it's very neutral. It's very grounding. I enjoy them. I genuinely enjoy them. Um, And yeah, having it be just something in your day to hit reset on. So Mm -hmm. I really do love if it's like a mid afternoon break, instead of finding myself in the pantry, I then just swap that out with like, okay, can I just make something warm and cozy, make my tea. We don't need to always be pumping ourselves full of caffeine. Sometimes our reigniting of energy is just a different like habit or pattern. And with tea, it hits on a lot of the senses like sight, smell, touch, like the, the, the grounding of it, the feel, the warmth. And so for any ladies who's like, I'm not like a tea girl. Trust me when I say, when you know, like, if there's just one thing you can do for your day is to have a supportive tea that supports you with where you're at in your cycle, like that's one beautiful habit stack to have. And like I said, as I was making the teas and seeing how pure they are with their ingredients, I'm looking over and I'm seeing the supplements that are in like pill form and powdered form. And I'm like, okay, like some of the things do have different herbs, but I'm like, how different and process have the herbs been to get down to powdered form or um, Mm -hmm. in pill form. And so I love, like, I just love the purity of these. And like you said, you were so spot on with all of the packaging and which one for you, was it the luteal phase that was kind of the trickiest or kind of the (laughs) hardest to formulate? It was because I just kept tasting it and I'm like, it's just too bitter. Like, I don't want to drink this. And I mean, let's face it. I feel like that luteal phase is where most women have their difficulties when it comes to symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to make sure women want to drink this. Um, So I, I played around with that one a lot. And uh, like, like you were saying, like, um, just the purity, like I, if you follow me or, you know, me personally, like I'm very big on like organic and like, do I buy organic limes? No. Cause I'm like, they have a hard, hard you know, skin and stuff. But when it comes to stuff like herbs, I, you know, I am like, yes, it has to be organic. So it's straight from the suppliers in both of them are actually in Oregon. And I got one got recommended from my mentor. And the other one is recommended from another friend who has a very successful organic supplement company already. So like I did my research on where I'm getting this and I'm also a Reiki master. So all of the teas I like had like as I was like boxing them, I had them like all around me. I did like a little ceremony at home and I put, you know, Reiki infused it, you know, to bring circulation and just like health and good energy to all the women's wombs who will be drinking this tea. 
I love that. And you guys, I've been sipping on the luteal phase tea as we've been talking. I've moved myself away from the mic and it's not bitter. It is very grounding and like pure. That word just keeps coming and coming, coming to me. Anything else you want to highlight about the teas? Mm, No, I, I think the biggest thing is just like, you know, as we've been talking about, like the herbs were specifically, you know, chosen to help support where you are. I can't wait till you try Restore. That's my favorite. That's the one uh, restores for when you're on your period and it has cinnamon in it. And with oh, ginger. So I it has that. like that sweet and spiciness. And even just with the dandelion root in it, I don't know. There, I just, I, that's my favorite. I could probably drink it every day. And you know what? I, with that, I'm just going to say, because I had a woman that was um, post-menopause being like, can I still drink these teas? They're set up to support your menstrual cycle, but there's so many other health benefits to it that it's not going to harm you. Like restore the dandelion root in it. And um, I'm drawing a mind blank on it right now. Even the ginger is going to help with digestion, but these are all like the dandelion root is for detoxifying. So if you're getting bloating, that's going to support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the peony or me- the peony root and the meadow sweet in the luteal phase one that helps with bloating and digestion and circulation. So if you're having symptoms, you're still it's going to benefit you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I I can just say that from every hormone book I've read, whether it be from a holistic hormone health practitioner, and even some that are still in the realm of Western medicine, when they're talking about these different ingredients and herbs, there's times where I'm like, I live in Minnesota. Where do I get, like small town <laughs> USA, where do I get good quality something to be that type of support because there's not a lot of accessibility and availability and so we really do have to look for who is creating products like this and especially when it comes to something that's like a multi blend and multifaceted and i'm like yep i'm just gonna make sure i keep getting my sacred room cycle teas on repeat because if that's just like one thing and you guys you've put you've price this very affordably in my opinion. Yes. In yeah. My opinion. I, like I said, they're all organic and um, I want it there too. Like, I feel like so much of like the health stuff is so expensive and I wanted to make it like accessible for people. Like I feel $35, uh, you know, for four teas, which could last you easily two months, depends how much you want to drink them. Right. Right. Uh, right. It could last you two months. And that's if you're drinking them every day too. Uh, but like, that's my mission just in general is just to help support. Like one of my girlfriends is like, wow, this is so, so cool. I want you to make millions. And I was yeah. like making millions, but more importantly, healing millions. Like that's yeah. my mission. Yeah. And if you do lead with that mission, it's going to end up, the other one's going to end up happening. So I love the heart that you put into this and you guys, this is mid episode, so don't tune out, but I'm just telling you right away. We, I am doing a giveaway of these. I've loved them so much that I was telling Kim, I'm like, I want to gift one of you, my listeners, 
a and like the full shebang of these teas so all you have to do is follow kim on instagram follow me on instagram and if you stick take a screenshot and share this episode make sure you take me so i can keep track of the um take both of us but <laughs> if you don't take me i'm not gonna see you entered for the giveaway but as you are listening take a screenshot of this i will have the giveaway open for a whole week so if you're listening to this, you know, a few days after the episode drops, you will still be qualified because I'll do the announcement of the giveaway a week after this episode has aired. And I really was just like, oh my gosh, like I want to get this into the hands of one of my amazing listeners because I know, like you said, there are so many women that are just wanting to seek support, especially in certain phases and I hope, I just hope that whoever receives this is going to be just as blessed in this gift as I have been. And so Kim, I've got some really great kind of nuggets for us to riff on. And the first one is a hot topic right (laughs) now about the cold plunge craze going on when it comes to nervous system regulation and some hormone experts are saying like this is not good for the um it was actually an acupuncturist she's going to come on the podcast pretty soon but talking about it as well what are your thoughts on cold plunging so my thoughts on it is like how is your body reacting after you Mm. after you cold plunge but also with that like do you naturally run more cold right so if you naturally run more cold and you're always freezing uh maybe it's not the best option for you but where i want women to like be more cautious about when they're going to do the cold plunge is during their period Mm, good so if you look in chinese medicine um which i have studied a little bit with like my dao and tantra healing arts the idea is you want to stay warm. And I don't know, even know if you ever heard like during your period to wear socks, right? Because generally our hands and our feet get cold first, right? So just to wear socks around the house and that helps keep the uterus warm. We want to keep the uterus warm because that's going to prevent stagnation. So if you're having those heavy periods, the blood clots, even the cramping, that's why warm tea is good, you know, taking a warm bath, maybe doing a castor oil pack, like uh, even the sauna, those are things that I would suggest during that time, but a cold plunge, especially if you have those symptoms, I would steer away from it. Now, when would be maybe the more ideal time to do a cold plunge going into your follicular phase? And of course, ovulation, that's Mm our, we're, we're on our heat, right? Like during, um, ovulation, like that's when, uh, we actually do run, you know, warmer because our hormones are at their highest. So that's like my take on that. Yeah. And my thing is always with the health and fitness, when something comes out that's supportive and then it just gets overextended, like people are just taking it to the extreme, right? Because it's going from like, yeah, you're doing a cold plunge, like flash to how long can we sit in this cold bath? And I'm like, To me, it's like, why, once again, does it have to be so extreme? Another thing is when I know people are talking about it as like, oh, I started doing this and I saw a huge drastic weight loss. And I'm like, something like a cold plunge is not going to cause 
like a 50 to 70 pound weight loss. There's a lot of other things going on when it comes to what, how they're moving their body, what they're eating, stress, like what's going on. And especially when you're seeing somebody online, you don't really know what got them from point A to point Z. Because if they're just saying it's like their cold plunge and that's it, I would say red flag. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, and that goes with anything, whether you're doing saunas, whether you're doing castor oil packs, cold plunge, um, intermittent fasting is another controversial thing, I feel like a little bit, but it's never just one thing. It's looking at everything. Yeah. So you like that was one I have had written down, but your take intermittent fasting. So my take on intermittent fasting is I feel it messes with most, I'm going to say most women's hormones more than it benefits them. And in saying that, I feel like, you know, a fat, an intermittent fasting for us women, maybe like a 6 p.m. till, you know, 7 a.m., maybe 8 a.m. in the morning. But like those fasts that go on until noon and into the afternoon create stress on our body. Right. And, you know, as I was speaking earlier in regards to like how our hormones fluctuate throughout the month, it makes us more sensitive to to changes like that compared to men. And a lot of the research has been done on men compared to women. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to do an intermittent fast, and I have spoke to some women and they say like it's helped them a lot, but especially if you are a woman that's tried it and you're like, this isn't, I'm like, maybe you dropped. 10, 15 pounds, but then now you've hit a wall, your body doesn't understand if you're being chased by a tiger or you're starving yourself. Mm. And, you know, not that I I wasn't really doing intermittent fasting when I lost my period, but what's going to happen if your body's registering stress is it's going to close down your reproductive system first, right? Because we're going to survival. So if you can't take care of yourself. How are you going to carry another human being in your body? Right. So if you start seeing hormone issues and what happens with that too, is, you know, you're not eating till noon and cortisol levels are going to spike, which is stress on the body. Right. So, and then you eat and then you might get a blood sugar spike yet too, which is more stress on the body. So that's my take on that. Um, you know, ideally if you want to do the intermittent fasting, 6 a.m. or 6 p.m., 7 p.m., like make that your last meal. And then till the next morning, try eat within one hour of waking up. So that's still a good solid 12, 13 hour fast. Oh, yeah. And that's it goes back to what we were talking about with the cold plunge of the extreme that it gets taken. You know, like we start to see people really find a happy, healthy dance with like a 12 to 13 to 14 hour range. And then they think, well, to get better results faster, I just do more. So now I'm going to do 16 hours. Now I'm going to do 18 hours. Now I'm going to try a whole 24 hour fast. And there is the book and resource of fast like a girl. And it is a great Mm -hmm. read. She does bring in updated research for women. But overarchingly, what I got out of it from you and a lot of other different experts and personal experience is there it's a good thing to give your digestion a break so Mm -hmm. dinner dinner and done move on from the day it's actually not going to help you to eat something before bed a lot of the time 
And then if you wake up and you feel hungry, you should have something, you know? And, I agree. and that's really where I think intermittent fasting can take the extreme because they're like, oh, I need to be disciplined and power through this hunger instead of being like, no, my body is actually giving me a real signal. What if I responded to this real signal? And I bring that conversation even to the aspect and essence of, you know, when to have lunch and when to have dinner. You know, I really noticed myself wanting to put dinner at around 4.35 p.m. because if I didn't have something substantial, I was just like a snack. Yeah, I was just snacking, snacking, snacking. Then time dinner rolled around, my body was like, you've literally been grazing for an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, interesting. What if I put an actual meal at that time placement? And then some a practice that I've loved recently, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this is like, because a lot of ladies will be like, oh, can I do dinner and done and like move on with the rest of the evening without eating anything else? And when I'm done with dinner, I ask myself and ask my body, like, have you had enough to eat today? Like, because consuming enough calories throughout the day is what's going to help you not be like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry and famished and you need to snack, 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 snack at night. And that's where I think a lot of women who are trying to lose weight, who are trying to diet stem from is they just totally slash calories during the daytime. And then mm -hmm. the evening body is like, hello, I need energy. You took all of my energy restore and it comes in like different cravings and snackings and um, not understanding your hunger cues so that too kind of goes hand in hand with intermittent fasting of people just take it to the extreme definitely definitely and if a few things just based on what you were saying like am i feeding my body enough throughout the day you know to prevent that binge eating later at night but more importantly am I feeding my body nutritious foods? Mm. So something my um, hormone health coach mentor, like when I was studying for specifically in that area, she always used to say, eat your dinner for breakfast. So I mean, maybe not straight go have a steak. But what she was trying to say is like, have more protein in the morning. Mm -hmm. right? Have that bigger meal in the morning. And then that's going to prevent those energy crashes later in the day. And then also the binging later in the evening, like before bed. So, uh, and I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but the big thing to prevent like that grazing and binging, especially before bed, I'm guilty of it sometimes, you know, no one's perfect. Uh, but making sure that you have healthy fats and protein with all your meals. Mm, yeah. Because that's going to stop the blood sugar spikes, you know, instead of just having a bagel, cream cheese and coffee full of sugar, you know, frappuccino from Starbucks for breakfast, you know, uh, so having the healthy fats and the protein is going to keep that blood sugar level. And of course, like you could add fruit in the morning or, you know, sweet potato or rice, even with your lunch or dinner, but just having the healthy fats and protein will help keep that blood sugar level and prevent the binging later on. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. And then the last one that I just kind of wanted to have a little chit chat about is movement, because now it seems like there's two camps of like, oh, but don't don't work out in this way or that way, because your cortisol is going like that's a stressor and that's just going to cause your body to gain weight. And now women are confused, like, OK, wait, 
Now I don't even want to work out because I don't want to cause more stress around my body. What's mm -hmm. your thought on that conversation? So great. I think that's a great question, especially like, you know, I used to compete. I come from a phys ed background. So I've definitely looked into this, you know, from many angles. And yes, I have talked about cycle syncing with workouts. I think it's a good guideline to understand like, okay, this is why my body could tolerate, you know, a more like a hit training during ovulation and a cardio dance class during follicular. But then like two days before my period, I'm like, I walk into the gym and I want to walk right out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good guideline. But as I always say, us women, we're on our own journey. So what works for me might not work for you and might not work for the next woman, right? So this is something I say to my clients. Okay. So these are your workouts. This is what you're doing. How do you feel right after? Mm. How do you feel two hours after? And how do you feel the next day? And if you're feeling really drained, and especially consistently, you're training too hard. And this is really important, I say, for like my women that have amenorrhea or, um, you know, which is the loss of your period for three or more months, like this is really important just to tap into that and just see how you're feeling. So yeah, generally speaking myself, like the couple days before my period, I sometimes still want to move. So yeah. I'll go hop on the treadmill or I live here in Florida. So I'm lucky I could go walk down to the beach. I still will do activity. I'm not going to say just sit on the couch and do nothing, but maybe just slow it down, you know, take a, a slower yoga class or something. Uh, but when you really, and I said this at the beginning, when you really like connect to your body and connect to like what you're needing, you just get those answers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's crazy, you know, cause I, come from a background of like, this is your schedule, this is your plan. And then when I was getting honestly, my most, I would say my healthiest result, like maintaining a healthy body for me, not my leanest, because that's, that wasn't the definition of like the healthiest version of me. But I really did you know, kind of like wake up and grounded, like, how does my body want to move today? And I allowed myself and my body to give me the guidance and direction of like, okay, the, the workout is over now, or go a little bit longer. And at the time, I didn't know at all that that was in alignment with my human design or my cycle. It's just there, I wasn't consuming, like what studies should say. And I think that's where a lot of ladies and I want to keep the ladies that are listening on living in sync at the edge of okay you're going to start seeing a lot of new information and people saying moving in your body this way causes stress but what you said and i loved it so much that you said this first is like we all are individual in our baseline because like you said you and a workout regimen for you when you were at that point of not having your period not having your cycle what you do for movement is very different than somebody who's like, okay, you know, they have 30 pounds to lose. Their cycle is pretty consistent and regular. Like what there's, those are two different people. Therefore yeah. the regimen isn't the same for both of those and your own, like ladies listening, your own guidance like ask yourself the question and then listen for the answer that comes for you. 
right? Because all forms of movement are great. And that's where I think this wave of like, oh, this type of exercise causes cortisol to spike. Well, cortisol spiking and then it learning, like then having it come back down can be a good thing depending on like it's it's not cortisol isn't a bad thing no we need it we actually it's like the one hormone we need to live mm, that's the, the problem, hot take that's the hot take right there yeah like, we we really need it we need it to, scary. we need it to live the problem is many of us not all of us many of us live in a very high stress life from foods we're eating to home environments, work environments, just putting too much on our plate, not sleeping enough. Like there's so many factors that play into it um, that our cortisol is always like maxed out, you know? So we want it to spike and then, but it needs to know how to come down. So that that's where you hear like of practices of nervous system regulation, you know, like breath work and humming and meditation and being out in nature, things like that. Um, but yeah, we, and that's why I said like, just checking in with yourself and seeing how you feel after your workouts. If you're constantly tired, there's a good chance you're, you know, your cortisol is staying a little higher than it should. And one thing actually I do want to just say in regards to the exercise and nothing to do specific with cycle syncing, but if you are a woman that there again, you're hitting a wall, you're like, why can't I lose weight? And I'm going to say not to like pinpoint specific, but I see this in women with PCOS and also women in their perimenopausal and going into menopausal years um, ease back on the high intensity cardio. So you don't need to go running for an hour or like, you know, just like that hard cardio, cardio ease back on that. Cause yes, that can be raising your cortisol levels, but switch to weight training, doing weight training three to four times a week. Uh, you know, especially, I don't know about you, but I like a good booty day. Um, but you know, doing at least two days of lower body. And the reason being is because as you build more muscle, you're increasing your metabolism and it's just like, it doesn't, yes, you're still working hard as you lift weights, but it's, it's not that like, almost like a long cardio, like I used to have to do cardio for over an hour when I was competing and it's depleting. It really is right. It's a different feeling that you get between cardio and weight training. And so, you know, maybe just focusing a little bit more on the weight training and it helps with your bone health, especially if you are, you know, a woman 40 plus, like we need to think about those things too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is so, that is so true. And I think I love that hot take where we're just like, oh my gosh, you know, cortisol isn't that bad. And, and you said this too, it's, it's the ongoing and excessive things that are stressful in life. But if you're for the average woman, if you're like working out for 30 to 45 minutes a day, I'm sorry, but there's like 23 plus more hours in your day where you've got to do some evaluation of where your stress management is at for that time frame too. making sure you're getting enough sleep, you're having wind down time in any way, whether that's doing some stretches before you go to bed or taking a walk by yourself with like no phone <gasps> gasp i just told you to leave the phone at home but like <laughs> no phone no device you're not connected if it's sitting out oh my gosh and i can't wait for spring and summer to come back because one of my favorite de-stressors is sitting out on my patio listening to the birds chirping like mm -hmm. you know on your um pack there's a isn't there i thought there was a bird on one of the packs no, I I remember I glanced at Wild Woman and at first I thought it was a hummingbird. You see how okay, I can see that. Yeah. Isn't that yeah, I'm I like totally it just reminds that. me of a little hummingbird, but 
when it comes to cortisol, I think my hot take is so many people are being told, don't do this workout, do this workout instead because cortisol bad, but movement for your body is so good. And if it truly is like adrenal fatigue, assess what type of movement you're doing. I don't think for my listeners, it's not the woman who's been doing cardio for and she does, you know, weights and then cardio. It's not the over exercising. And I think that's where the mark is being hit is now so many women are now afraid to exercise because they think it's going to mess up their hormones. And when I see cortisol stuff happening, I'm like, I love that, you know, somatic and everything is getting brought in because we do need to teach how to like physically and tangibly, tangibly is the word I'm looking for, cope with having a stressful job, taking care of little kids, you know? And I think being like, oh, movement is another stressor. People are gonna be like, well, what do I do then? Sit on the couch and do nothing? And I'm like, no, that's that's not that's not the greatest either. And so I've enjoyed this conversation so much today. Kim, will you share with everybody where they can connect with you? And don't forget to share your podcast because I've literally just been like binge listening there too. Okay. <laughs> oh, awesome. So first, thank you so much for having me here today. I've, I loved having this conversation and we could probably go on for another hour easily. Uh, you can find me. I'm mainly on Instagram. It's just my name, Kim Billick underscore K-I-M-B-I-L-Y-K underscore. That's my main place. Uh, yes, I do have a podcast. It's fairly new. Uh, it's called Power and Pleasure, All Things Women's Health Uncensored. And I say it's raw and juicy and we talk about all the things that, you know, people don't like to talk about. Like I have an episode on abortion, sexual trauma, yeast infections. Yeah, we talk about thyroid health too, but those, just those conversations that, you know, your doctor, you know, might not be talking to you about, you don't want to talk to your partner about. So that's what the podcast and of course, uh, my website, Sacred Womb Cycles, that is where you could get the teas. Uh, you could connect with me about one-to-one coaching and find all other things. The journal's on there as well. And for any listeners, uh, I know Joelle said she's going to do the giveaway, but any listeners that are listening still to the end here, I will also offer a 15% discount on orders and uh just put in womb 15. Oh, awesome. That is so, that's so awesome. And remember for the giveaway guys, I'll make sure to put the code and all of your links in the description. And to get entered for the giveaway, it'll run for a week after the episode has published. You want to just take a screenshot of this episode, tag me, tag Kim, and that enters you into the giveaway. So thank you guys so much for listening today. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, or you want to share your favorite episode topics, please leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast growth and gives people an idea of what the podcast is all about. Something new and exciting that I wanted to share with you before we go is that we now have a Patreon page. 
This has replaced the Feminine Edge Collective community in a cohesive place that is easier for me to manage and cheaper for you. If you are interested in our monthly classes, exclusive day-in-the-life vlogs, Bible studies, community Q&A, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash living in sync and join for just $5 a month. Check out the show notes for any links or details of things referenced in today's episode, and I look forward to chatting with you in the next one.